Welcome to the App or Not to App podcast with the app man, Jeremy Callahan, where we talk about why apps are not a luxury item and are essential to your business success. I've been in the mobile industry for over 20 years, and the question I always get is to app or not to app. Definitely, you must app. Mobile apps can help your business reduce costs, increase leads, and reduce manpower. An app is not a luxury item. It's a necessity. So let's get started making you money. Welcome to the App or Not to App podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Callahan, where I talk about how apps are essential to your business success. I love to give you tips, strategies, and introduce you to people who have achieved success. And this week, I'm bringing you Mara Sagata. Mara is the co-founder of Branch.io, where she leads the marketing, community, and developer relations. She's also a board member of the Application Developers Alliance. And she founded an app called Kindred, which was featured in the App Store, uh, Google Play, and it won the best new app in 2013 in Google Play. And the one thing I love is that she gives back to the app developer community. She has a great blog on Medium and lots of great content on LinkedIn. And um, there's just so much free information that, that she provides to the community, it's incredible. So welcome, Mara. Thank you, so excited. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Um, so let's just get started right off the top. Um, can you tell uh, the listeners what Branch does and what you guys are all about? Sure, so Branch is actually a mobile gr- growth platform. Uh, we started with doing something called deep linking. So basically linking, um, linking customers and users into an app. So when you get the link to, let's say, a hotel, an Airbnb, instead of taking you to the app itself, it actually opens the app uh, directly to the hotel that was sent to you. Uh, and actually, this, this solved a fairly large problem in mobile that was introduced by fragmentation. Um, when, you, when links weren't working, customers were not getting the right user experience, but it also made it very hard for marketers to measure. So now we built, on top of our deep linking technology, we built all these cool tools for marketers and product managers to both build better user experiences for their users and uh, enhance growth, but also much better measurement between app and the website um, to help them understand where they should spend their money, how the users are getting to their app, what are the most valuable users. Uh, so yeah, that's what Branch does. Cool. and. Um... How did, how did you guys, how did you actually get started creating apps? Because I know you kind of have a background in uh, developing apps as well. Uh, I mean, we, my co-founders and I met in school and, um, you know, we, we really felt like mobile was kind of taking off and we wanted to build a company in mobile and we thought, you know, we all kind of um, had this problem of having parents and grandparents that were either really far away or they were not technologically savvy. So we felt we were taking all the pictures on our phone, but that's not the way like our family consumed them. So we wanted to make it easy to take photos that you take from your phone and print them and ship them to, you know, in my case, my family in Romania, in Alex's case to his grandma who didn't have a phone. So we decided to, to build an app for that, and we, we, we didn't have that much experience at the time 
in mobile. Uh, I, I came from working for a web startup. I think um, my other co-founders had all both been in hardware. So we kind of like taught ourselves how to develop and design apps. I was a designer, Alex was like a developer, Michael was doing all the operations. And we just built it and launched it and learned a lot from it. And we really struggled. We were, you know, that like indie app developer that's trying to get something right. cool uh, off the ground. And, you know, when Apple and, 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 and Google Play feature you, it's amazing you get hundreds, <laughs> hundreds of downloads. And then once the feature is over, you're like in the pit of despair and there's nothing there. And we were trying to build, you know, we're trying to build a referral program where say I invite you and if you come and install the app from my link you get a free book and I get a free book and I realized that there was no way to build that actually in mobile because there's no way of knowing where like an organic user comes from uh, and customize the experience based on that so in a way we bring we build branch to solve our mobile growth problems in the early days building a referral program taking users from the more mobile website that was getting traction SEO into the actual app um, being able to understand where our organic and paint traffic was coming from. So uh, even today, I think uh, there's things that we keep building that are still tied to our like early, early problems that we had as app developers. Yeah, no, that's a, I, I had the same thing happen to me. I created an app called um, Shoe Swipe, which was exactly like Tinder, but it was for shoe shopping. <laughs> that's awesome. And uh, I, for everybody out there listening, and, and Mata mentioned this, is, my app one day was getting like 10 installs a day. And then I got on and it was about eight in the morning and I had 600 installs. Yeah. And I was like, Oh yes, this is incredible. And I had no idea how, and it was just cause I got, I got, um, I didn't get featured. I got ranked up in the category in the shopping category to about number, I think 16. And yeah. I was just, and so you get these installs. And so all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's kind of, um, when, when you create an app, you have to have, you know, it's, it's all about getting installs and where they're coming from. And all of a sudden you start getting free ones and you just think you're the next greatest thing. And then the next day you come crashing down. <laughs> trying to understand what happened and how you can replicate that. But if you don't have the data, it's hard to do so. Cool. Hey, what's your background? Um, uh, my background, it's a very, it's a kind of an interesting background, I guess. Mm -hmm. I'm originally from Romania. I came to the States uh, on a scholarship. Uh, I studied computer engineering. At Cornell so I did electrical and computer engineering but my concentration was in processor design uh, I did not end up working for Intel or AMD which is where most of my classmates <laughs> I ended up going and uh, being a software developer I actually realized that I don't like hardware as much yeah. I thought it was cool initially but like hardware description languages are not I, I preferred like coding and like things where I can actually see what, you know, I actually liked front end. So I ended up getting a job kind of like a front end developer for Siemens Medical. Mm -hmm. uh, I worked for a year there and then I had some, you know, my, my, my visa didn't go through. There was a, an issue. So I actually had to either leave the country or go back to school. So I went back to school. Uh, and after that, I ended up going more on the business side. So I was management consultant for a year. Didn't like it, hated this idea that I just advise people actually. <laughs> things. Um, so I joined a startup in San Francisco. There was like half in San Francisco, half in South Africa. 
as like a business development person and then I actually became the director of product as well. So I led all, you know, a lot of our partnerships, but also some of our new product introductions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know nothing in marketing in my background. <laughs> and then uh, I decided to kind of go to business school and because I kind of wanted to start a company and I was looking for co-founders and I was looking for almost like a safe space where I could explore starting a company more learning how to start a company too so yeah where i met my co-founders and i was you know the more creative person the more empathetic one and that's why i ended up starting to do marketing cool yeah i did that when i when i got my master's degree i basically every project i did during my master's degree was related to the business i was starting at the time yeah exactly i was like getting an education and i was starting something you know it was it worked out well um, you mentioned your team a little bit. Can you tell us about uh, the original branch team and kind of how you guys got together? Yeah, so I met, I think, uh, Alex, our CEO. I met, he was the first one I met. We were the first two, basically, and we were um, kind of brainstorming ideas and we applied to this class together. And then we, I knew Mike. He was my partner in a different class that so we brought him on as well. Um, and we worked together, I think, on Kindred, just the three of us for a while. And then later on, our investors introduced us to our fourth co-founder, Dimitri, who was much younger than us. He was an undergrad at Stanford. And we invited him to come and we met him. And he's like this kind of really brilliant, almost like kind of a genius. Um, he started coding when he was 10. He, you know, there's, you can find talks of him on YouTube when he was 12. Okay. Um, because he was one of the best contributors to the whole Drupal community. So they invited him without, they didn't know how old he was. They invited him to find his username and he, he spoke at that conference to like 300 people and he was 12. Oh my gosh. So he's just like, uh, and he, so he basically joined us before we started Branch, but kind of halfway to our kindred, so our app journey. Okay. Um, and yeah, we're still, that's kind of the, our, our funding story. We, we decided, I think, probably like a year after starting the app, we decided that, you know, that wasn't going to be a really big business and it was a very crowded space and decided to like kind of start doing branch in parallel and then branch really took off and we found product market fit and we ended up selling uh, the app. Cool. Hey, I, I read uh, something of yours, uh, I think yesterday about you guys were attending hackathons. Is, oh yeah, all the time. Good? Yeah, yeah. Did you guys ever win any? <laughs> Ran any? Yeah. No, win any. Did you ever actually win a hackathon ever when you went to that? Yeah, we did. Um, so we used to attend hackathons when we were just us because it was just like a, because we were just a small team, hackathons had like so much energy and people building. And it was just kind of a cool way for us to spend the weekend. In business school, everyone was partying all the time and weekends on campus were not that like exciting. Mm-hmm. People were either partying or were traveling. So we would just go to like, we went to Angel Hack, um, TechCrunch is dropped and a lot. I think we went to like maybe eight, eight or nine hackathons and we built like um, in the early days of Branch. One of the hackathons we went to was TechCrunch is dropped. And then we, ha- we have this demo app that we, used to test things called the monster branch monster factory yeah. and it's the app that we built at that hackathon app it's evolved a lot but um huh. 
So we ran internal hackathons. Uh, we had a few. The last one was maybe six months ago. We called it, we started like Friday afternoon and we ran it until Saturday night. And we had like about 30 people came and we had different teams. Uh, I led the non-technical team and we came second. We didn't win. Uh -huh. but it, was, it was really fun. We worked on like very random things and it was, it was very cool. So we're probably going to continue doing them like pretty much, probably every like six months. It's a really fun. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's great for like new development ideas and getting things up quickly. And, and yeah. for people to work with people they wouldn't usually work. Yeah, yeah. So um, I get a lot of different uh, backgrounds of people that listen to the podcast, a lot of business people and stuff. So for all the noobs out there, and I knew, I know you kind of mentioned it earlier about um, Deep linking, but get, just give us an, another idea of what deep linking is and why it's so important in the mobile space. Yeah, so if you think about, maybe I'll start at the beginning, when, when apps were introduced, if you think about the web, linking on the web is very simple. You click on a URL and it takes you to that particular content within that website. And in the very early days of the web, all the different browsers decided to agree on one protocol and they all follow that protocol and it's a standard, you know, linking on the web is always the same and is very standard. When apps were introduced, that didn't happen. So the big platforms like Google and Apple did not agree on a specific way to do linking that works across platform. And then other platforms came in and wanted to build their own linking. So Facebook has their own yeah, way of doing deep linking, um, Apple, and, and Google, you know, evolved into their own way. They have something called app links or and universal links for, for Apple and they behave differently. Um, so every single platform kind of did their own thing, which makes it really, really hard for a brand who wants to create one link that works everywhere to actually create that because they need to make sure that they, they fit with every standard of every place that that link could either be clicked some places like completely like WeChat, for example, completely stops deep linking and we find ways around that. So we, we, we call it really a hosted deep link. So a link that you click and it works everywhere. And we take care of making sure that regardless if it's clicked, you know, on one version of Android versus a different version of Android, um, that, that those links always work. Um, and that's actually, Even when you are on iOS, some, some apps use something called URI schemes, which is, which is an older deep linking standard, and others use universal links, which is a newer deep linking standard. And it's hard to know which app uses what, which version of Android uses what. So that's kind of the, the that's why deep linking is so complicated, and that's why we probably took off the ground, because for a company to do this in-house, it actually takes a lot of development time to just build links that work everywhere. And not only does, does it take a lot of time to build, because the standards keep changing, you have to keep updating it. So we have a team that always focusing on testing thousands and thousands of uh, edge cases and making sure that our links like always work in every edge case on every platform. Um, and the reason why it's important is because when you click on a link, let's say you, you have an ad where someone shares a link to something and the user clicks on that link and is not taken to the thing they were expecting, you know, if someone shared a song in Spotify with them and they click on that link and 
the link doesn't take them to the song, and they don't know how to even find the song, then they get a really poor experience, they might not use the app. So those bad user experiences actually um, mean less users, less potential revenue. Um, so, so that's why deep linking is very important. It's just basically taking, making sure that your users always get to the place they should. Yeah, and I, and I just want to emphasize that to anybody out there listening again. It's like, there's so many different platforms, there's so many different phones, everything's changing all the time. And it's, it's just really great what you guys do to make it available so that as a developer or a product manager or anybody else, you don't have to worry about if those links are gonna work um, based on a new version that comes out all the time. So let's talk about a little bit about marketing. So kind of what's, what's your biggest advice you would probably give to, um, well, actually I'll, I'll ask a different question. Um, one of the things I, I work a lot with clients on when we're doing user experience and kind of coming up with app ideas, not just ideas, but um, is sharing loops. So getting people to share the app, actually asking a lot of people, a lot of times you register for an app and nobody, you get somebody to pay and then they never even ask you to share the app. So I always emphasize people to ask for the share. And then we also do referral programs as well. So how can branch help with like sharing loops and referral programs? Yeah, so we actually have uh, products for both. We actually, so the idea of sharing and how branch helps is when someone shares an app, it's, it's very rare that they actually want to share the app. They usually want to share specific content in the app, maybe some shoes or maybe a really cool video or maybe a song or maybe a hotel. Um, and if you, if you just share the app, that's a lot less powerful than sharing specific content in the app that the user might be interested in. Okay. So we help, we, we actually have an integration with the native sharing in iOS where we make sure that when you, create, when you add the share sheet, uh, those links are actually deep links that always work. And they don't just work in iOS, but they work in, you know, if you have an app on Android and I'm sharing with you and you click on my link on an Android phone, you know, that links also takes the same content in Android. And if you don't have an app, it takes you to a website and, you know, like basically making sure that sharing always works. Um, and then when it comes to referrals, we do two things that are really interesting there. One is uh, we, 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 sh we have the ability for you to actually put credits and be able to reward people depending where they come from and also depending of who they invite. And we're able to track the link at the user level. So when, when a user creates a sharing link, we don't just do tracking at the link level, but we actually do tracking at the user level. So we know every user, how many links they created, either sharing content links or a referral link. Uh, and then we're able to go and you can go in our influencer analytics tab and you can see who are the users that are actually driving new installs for your app. And I think that's very powerful because Understanding that can help you understand who your actual influencers are and you can reward them and give them, you know, gifts and, and do things for them that might, that might like really make them feel special. Uh, and obviously just part of the referral program for every install, you can give them something back like yeah. on the spot. And we have, we have apps that do some things that are very interesting, like the league, which is a dating app. You have to be like on this wait list if you invite friends and they install the app and open it, you like get on the top of the wait list. Okay. Or there's this gaming 
where like there's this really hard games but for every friend that installs you get like five tips <coughs> so they don't just track your sharing but they track how many people come and when a friend installs and opens the app you get your like you know <laughs> your reward your, your reward your tip so it's easier to solve the game yeah yeah that's cool yeah um cool so like let's talk a little bit about the future and kind of what's what's happening so what are some of the issues you guys are kind of seeing for your if you can talk about um the client you're seeing from your client base and kind of that you're looking to solve going forward yeah i think it's um really the biggest issue we we see I think in the earlier days of branch, the big problem we solved, and I think we already solved it, was this idea of broken experiences on mobile, and the problem that you know you click on a link and you don't, you're you're not really taken to the to the best place. But if you if you can customize the experience, you can give someone a really great experience coming into an app, um, and that that gives them a better experience and they'll get, be more engaged, etc. I think these days. The next, like the next step in that evolution is actually the ability to not just give users a good experience, but also give them better measurement. So because linking is broken and because people look at links on the web and links in an app very differently, measurement is siloed between web and app. And people go and they measure how their website is performing and they measure how their app is performing and no one's thinking, oh, let me look at the, both of these together. And it's like, where am I spending my money? Where are all the clicks? And then where are people purchasing? Uh, and then what's the full journey? Like, are people going to the app and, and to the web and then in the app? Are they just performing right. on the web? So sometimes, you know, sometimes the app performs much better and it makes a lot of sense to send people in the app. But sometimes there is a friction of installing the app and in certain places where, you know, like in developing countries where people don't have as much space on their phone and, um, internet speeds are lower people might be you you might see a much better conversion uh getting someone to do certain actions on the web and only very engaged web users might make sense to send them into the app so that way that that the ability to like measure and target and segment your users across both paid and organic channels and across both web and app is like the big the big thing we're tackling right now with our latest products. Right, right. And then, I mean, you know, I mean, a lot of, most of the traffic, majority of the traffic nowadays to any link is hitting from a mobile, whether it's from an email or particular social media. Um, anything you see happening with mobile in the next like two years, one to two years, I know it's, it's hard to say, but uh, got, any, got any future insights on, on mobile? I think the fragmentation is gonna get worse and worse. I think as new platforms, are taking off they're each it's a really interesting you know I, I i compared the mobile ecosystem to the game of thrones uh ecosystem because every single platform is trying to win the users and is trying to keep them inside so you know it's hard to deep link out of facebook not, not out of paid obviously but out of organic uh it's impossible to deep link out of wechat unless you you really kind of try to hack it that's kind of one of the things we've tried to do with our links uh and uh because WeChat doesn't want everyone to leave they want all the brands to create their own you know like app inside of wechat and 
becoming like for a brand, you're like, okay, so now I need to have uh, iOS app and an Android app and a Snap and a WeChat app and an iMessages app uh, and like a Facebook chatbot app. Like I need to have like a hundred different apps and how do I know when to send the user where and how to take them out of these apps? And do I even own the user? Do I have their email? Can I market to them after? Right. And I, I don't think that's getting better. Like the trend is actually, it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. Mm-hmm. So I think finding ways to unify is going to be really important. And then making sure that you pick like one place, one fortress where maybe it's your mobile website, maybe it's your, uh, it's your like native app. Uh, maybe it's your progressive web app, but whatever that fortress is, you find ways to take people there from all these other platforms and channels um, and find ways to, to actually own your user um, where you don't just interact to them inside a platform where that platform owns the user, but you find ways to own them yourself so you can remarket to them. Right. Yeah, I mean, well, it's kind of that... Um... That, that app thing too, of getting people to reuse your app, right? Getting people to come yeah. back. It's like always the, how do you do it? But, and it's an important thing. Um, cool, so let's um, transition a little. Let's talk about some networking and some of the stuff you guys are doing. I know you basically created a whole community. Um, and th- so just maybe talk about the community, maybe talk about Branch Out. Um, yeah, maybe- I mean, we, I think in the very early days, we got advice that we should, think about the topic that branches like kind of related to and try to do stuff around it. And um, we tried to think like, what was our biggest problem as mobile developers? And it was obviously growing our app. Um, so we wanted to build a community around that um, to, to kind of bring people together and learn from them as we were building branch and learn what their problems were um and we started these mobile growth meetups like very early on i think it was just the founders like i think we had one employee and i think mike and i just uh we got our incubator to give us space for free and we we went to safeway and got beer and then we called four pizza places and there was one that had 50 percent off that day so we got like pizza from that place because we had no money obviously and we did a meetup and we Use our connection to get like two really good speakers with someone from Robinhood and someone from Pinterest, and they were both amazing. And that was it. Like we just kind of threw it together, and it was it was really good. And we got a lot of value out of it, so we decided to keep doing them. And then I ended up hiring a woman called Elizabeth who runs our community now. Yeah, yeah I know Elizabeth. Yeah, she's amazing, and she helped. She had helped take kind of this like you know, grassroots meetup that I had started and, and made it like a real thing. Like she uh, helped us go internationally and standardize things and make them very organized and kind of come up with almost like a recipe for our events. We tested a lot of different things. Like we tested people doing presentations and, and we found that what people were, what, what, what was best was just bringing a group of like really talented uh, people who work for an app and asking them interesting questions and a lot of great stories and learnings come out of that. So we now do them, you know, all over the world. We do them every month actually in SF. Our SF meetup is the largest mobile marketing um, meetup in the world. Um, But we do them in New York and LA and Seattle and 
Bangalore and Singapore and Paris and Berlin. So, so everywhere, right? So we have um, people helping us, uh, but we now are building offices in all these places. So, um, you know, this brand and when we, we built, we built this and then we took all the learnings. They created the mobile growth handbook. That's probably the best piece of content that we created. Um, is so that, is that the, um, the mobile growth handbook? Is that the one that it's like a quiz of all the things you need if you're building an app? No, that's like the app launch checklist. That was that kind of a viral thing that I yeah. <laughs> together with this guy on my team. Uh, the handbook is more like just, we, we break down the four stages of growth, you know, from like acquisition to activation, engagement, and virality and referrals. And we go through lessons learned from all these experts on each of them and show frameworks. And it's like a 200 page handbook with like ideas on how to grow. The app checklist is like, a, it's more like, this is what you do to launch an app. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, but it's, it's really good because if you actually click into the items, there's like blog posts, find all. Yeah, stuff. we like try to. So there's, there's good information in there too. Yeah, um, we worked a lot on that as well. We, no, we, I, love, I love your meetup. Like, in fact, I wore my, uh, I brought my. <laughs> your branch hoodie. My branch hoodie, yeah, this is a great one. I think I, I sent a tweet out during the event and they gave me a hoodie which is, nice. it, it's so great. It's, it's nice and soft. I have a shirt too. <laughs> I, I, I'll be honest. So uh, one of our early big customers was Airbnb and they were very happy with us. So they sent us these hoodies. There were like five of them and I just saw them and I was like, I want one. And then I got the Airbnb hoodie and I was like, oh my God, this is the nicest, softest thing ever. We're changing our hoodies. So the next day we basically changed the provider for our hoodies. So I, I, I stole those hoodies for it. Well, well, well done because it is very soft. I love, I love the, uh, it's, it's soft. It's just thick enough to, to keep you warm. Some of them yeah. are too thin, you know, that you get. So for all our non-Bay Area people there, it's, it's hoodies. <laughs> Everywhere you go, you get a hoodie nowadays for every company. It's like the thing. <laughs> well, we have a program where if you use Branch, we've integrated Branch. And if you share how you use Branch in a blog post or a tweet, you can actually win a hoodie and we'll send you a hoodie. You have to just send us the tweet and the, or the blog post where you talk about you, how you use branch. Yeah. And you can get a hoodie too. Cool. Cool. Um, awesome. What is the App Developers Alliance? Yeah. So actually, I'm no longer on their board. Okay. I stepped down about a couple of months ago. Um, the App Developer Alliance is a group that uh works with and i was there I, I was on their board for about two years uh they try to uh work with the government and influence uh legislation um that helps app developers basically grow and and be better so um in the earlier days we were also doing events and building a community uh, and then the group evolved more to focus on uh, on building legislation that helps small and app developers nourish, flourish. Got it. Well, I have a nice t-shirt from them too. I went to one of their events, but it was like, it was just kind of a, there was no talking or meetup or anything. So I didn't really know what it was, but it was a nice space and good event. Um, cool. So I know you guys are, you know, just, huge success right now at Branch and, and thanks for bringing all the deep linking that you do um, and everything you do for the community 
um, as a whole, the information you put out there, it's really helpful for anybody listening. Um, where, can, where can people find you guys and get more information? Yeah, so branch.io. And if you go on the resources, you can find all the different, you know, we have all the different papers and tools. We have a lot of tools, so like we have the upline checklist, but we also have like, if you, even if you don't use branch and you have your own links, we actually have a validator that helps you understand if those links work well and they have, you know, app links and universal links enabled and all of that. So, um, and the, all of those are free. Uh, and we've put together some really cool pieces of content on acquisition or mobile growth in general, on, on web and app and how they interact. Yeah. So, branch.io slash resources. Cool. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's all kinds of good stuff. I'm, I'm just repeating what you said, but I'm a big fan. Right. So um, thanks for being on the podcast today, Mara. I really appreciate it. And uh, thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. It was really great being here. All right. Cool. Okay.